Hi, this is the actress Mindy Gilkerson, and you're listening to Atomic Podcast. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. The following interview is joined in progress. About six people, and there was about, I think about nine different scenes, so we all got to play six different characters. And I was just, I just fell in love with it right away, and I just haven't stopped since. Like, from there, I, 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 I just reached out to other theater actors, and um, I started doing um, plays, like little short plays at Cockroach Theater, here in Las Vegas, Cocker Shooter is super cool. Um, once a month, we have something called First Friday. Mm-hmm. And it's the first Friday of every month. It's like an art festival. And the Cockroach Theater opens up their theater to um, to local writers and directors and performers. And they get to put on 10-minute plays. Um, so I've done a few of those. And I've done classes at Cockroach Theater. I did script analysis there. And from there, I, I like, and then I did Fringe Festival one year, which was at Las Vegas Little Theater. And I love theater, but then I realized that where my heart truly is, is film. So from there, I, have, I haven't even done theater after that. So I've, I've switched to film now, hmm. and I've been doing nothing but film. So I've done short films with Graveyard Cinemas you can find on YouTube. Um, I've done... Uh, let's see, I've done a few feature films. I'm still waiting. It's all, it's all been independent film so far but i haven't you know I've, I've just been doing it step by step just inch by inch and now i'm really starting to see like two years later man i'm gonna be a lead in badass angels directed by albert payon and that's gonna be freaking amazing i get to play an ex-israeli soldier like who is an angel you know to help uh defeat satan and his demons and stuff and it's and it's really cool like albert payon really wants to make it like a it's almost like a superhero action fantasy with angels and demons. So it should be, it's going to be fantastic. (laughs) It really is. I'm I'm so excited to get started on that. And, um, and like I said, then then my son, he got into art of the dead, which is a Mahal empire film. And they got, this is their first, um, screen actors guild film. And so I make an appearance in that also. And, you know, my son's in it, too. So now he's SAG eligible. So, wow. like I said, just, just, you know what I mean? It's yeah. so cool how how it is starting to pay off, you know? And I, I really think I've just been doing, like, inch by inch. Like, I've had actresses and actors, like, come, you know, ask me. They're like, who's your agent? You know, how are you getting all these parts? And and I and I tell them, like, I, I don't even have an agent yet because I don't want to blow any chance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, under, I understand that this, that, that, Every actress, every actor, you know, we all want to be doing this full time. We all want to make it. And there's a lot of, of talent out there. There's a lot of beautiful, talented actors out there. Um, so I have, yeah, I don't want to blow any chance. I don't want to, you know, be unprepared for something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, but it's really starting to pay off. It's really, really neat. Um, and I'm really hopeful and I'm just going to keep moving upward. Just keep moving upward. Yeah. So all this, all this happened right after the other. So you say you started at 15, right? You like, you left home at 15 basically, or I left home when I was 15. Okay. Yeah. I was raised, um, I was raised a Jehovah witness. Uh, it was just me and my mother. Um, my mother grew up Jewish, 
And then when she was about 21, my mom's also older. So my mom had me older in life. I got to say that too. She had me when she was 35. So, you know, she was like big in the, like the seventies, you know what I mean? Like she was, I don't know. I don't know how she's going to feel about me talking about this. But like, (laughs) I know that she, um, she hasn't gone to detail, but I guess she made some really bad choices in college and really freaked her out. And then a roommate, her roommate at the time was a Jehovah witness so, you know, she took her to church and then she converted to be a Jehovah Witness. So that's what I was raised as um, with her. Um, like I said, she was a single mom. My dad, he left us when I was one. Wow. Basically, like, started, like, a whole new family type of thing. Wow. And um, it was a really hard childhood. It really was. Like, my mom, I love her. But, you know, and she'll even admit, though, she never wanted kids. She had a very weird mentality of the future, almost like, not, not a lot of hope for the future, you know, like, again, like, Joe Witnesses, they believe, you know, that Armageddon's gonna come, and, you know, wipe out all the evil people, and then they're gonna have paradise on earth again, so that's kind of hard as a, as a young child, you know, everything is, oh, well, you know, the world's gonna end, and we're gonna, we're gonna have peace on earth, and, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's kind of hard to be hopeful about a future like that, um, so yeah, it was, it was a really hard childhood, and, um, my mom got married and divorced three times. Um, wow. Both my stepfathers were really abusive. Um, and then finally at 15, like, I wasn't baptized yet. So the way the Jehovah Witnesses work is you have to choose to be baptized. It's not something that just happens to you when you're a baby. Uh-huh. Um, it's something that you have to choose for yourself. And it's like a really serious thing. Like once you, beca- once you, once you become baptized as a Jehovah Witness, if you, if you mess up at all, they can... Um, disfellowship you and what disfellowship means is that like you're basically punished by the entire congregation that's where like you're shunned and that actually happened to my mother Um, my mother was disfellowshipped when I was 11 and I really think that's what really started to I always had questions like before that but when I was 11 that really helped me turn a new leaf on 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 Jehovah Witnesses and 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 I started really questioning why why they think they're so much better than any other religion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, my mom mom left my first stepfather, and he was really, really abusive. Um, She was with him. Physically um, abusive? Physically abusive, yeah. yeah. Um, Um, From when I was three, no, I think I was two. I was like two and a half, three years old, and he stayed all the way until I was nine. And he was like the longest relationship my mom had. And, um, we had one great year when I was 10, that was like probably like the best year of my childhood because it was just me and my mom and it was really great. But then she, uh, she met this guy, um, that was going to be my second, um, stepfather. And, um, she married him when I was 11 and it sucked too. Like she, uh, she, she told me that they were going grocery shopping and then they came back married. <laughs> oh, wow. Basically, that's, yeah, that's actually, that, that really happened. And it's so funny, you know, because, like, later down the line, I, went, I got into so much trouble. I, 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 uh, I lost my virginity at a pretty young age. I was very promiscuous and doing drugs and doing all this crazy stuff because I felt, I didn't feel like I had a home, you know? Yeah. Um, and then finally, when I was 15, I still wasn't baptized yet. Going to wrap that all up. I still wasn't baptized yet. Yeah. And so um, my mom decided to move me 
from Las Vegas, Nevada, where I had grown up, you know, most of my whole life. Me and my mom moved here when I was five. And she decided to move me to Carson City, Nevada. Actually, on top of that, it was Dayton, Nevada. And the only thing there was a golf course. <laughs> and, like a, and like a jack-in-the-box. It's like in the middle of nowhere. And like she, she told me later that, you know, that she did that because she thought I needed a change mm-hmm. of atmosphere to help me understand that I needed to be baptized and, you know, meet new people. And, and I just rejected it. I just kept rejecting it. Um, I didn't want to be baptized, and and so finally, I just I left. I um I met this um met this guy, and we were both from Las Vegas, um and living there at, in Carson City, and um, we started dating. I was like so I was like fifteen and a half, sixteen, mm-hmm. and um yeah, so we me him and his cousin moved in together, and we had like our own little place, and I just started working from there. I, I worked at a I did a lot of retail. I worked. At um, like famous footwear and like Dillard's and um, you know kind of like just living paycheck to paycheck, but we were happy. And, and then it's so funny. I look back now. I really didn't do a lot of crazy stuff when I could have been, yeah. you know, living on my own. I was just so busy working, and any all, all money that I had saved up, I was super into um, punk rock music back then. I still am, like just not as much. I really like a lot more music now. Yeah. But back then, I was I really really um loved punk rock you know like the whole idea of you know can, can i swear on your podcast yeah you can swear and you can swear you can swear fuck yeah man okay so yeah <laughs> i was like fuck the institution you know fuck religion fuck yeah. you know all these all these institutions and so any, any money that i did have i was i was going to concerts you know what i mean i was yeah. especially in reno at that point we moved to reno and you had a lot of like under um underground like shows and like these brick houses and stuff like that and basements and i would go to um punk rock bowling when it was still like a super epic festival um and yeah like i said i just grew up really fast and then and then when i was 18 let's see i was uh me and the me and the guy i was living with just didn't work out and my mom had moved to um new mexico and Mm -hmm. I decided to try and have a relationship with her because I didn't speak for her. I didn't speak to her for three years wow. when that happened. Wow. Yeah, and so then, um, you know, I thought I would try it. You know, because I started being older, I was like, you know what, you know, it wasn't all her fault. You know, I was really, you know, I was really angry with her and hurt by her at the time. And I and at that time, I really thought, you know, oh well, I it's my fault. I can mend this relationship turns out that's not true you know it's definitely it's both it's both sides like I think you can do when you have a toxic family member the best thing you can do is just is just you know heal yourself and realize that they're the ones that are broken mm-hmm. and and that's what I realize now like now me and my mom actually have a pretty decent relationship like she's actually started um going to therapy at the age of like, how old is she now? She's 63, yeah. 64, <laughs> you know? Um, so she's finally coming around and, and I have realized that I was so upset with her, you know, cause I, you know, being a Joe witness, you, you don't have, I didn't celebrate my birthday till I was 17 years old. Wow. Um, I never celebrated Christmas until I had children and it's Thanksgiving, you know, 4th of July, all the holidays. Um, they also don't let you do sports in school. Yeah. Um, again, this can change from congregation from congregation. I don't want, I want to put that out there because every you know people are still different. But like at least in the congregation I grew up out here, they they encourage you not to 
participate in, they call it worldly activities, where you will potentially be able to make friends outside of your religion. They don't want that. And that is generally the case in Jehovah's Witnesses. Again, not to put you guys on, put Jehovah's Witnesses on blast, and I'm sure <laughs> there are some good congregations, and there's, there are, like, the majority of Jehovah's Witnesses people are, are friendly. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I didn't get any of those things. So I had, a, I was really hurt, and I had a lot of anger. And, um, you know, I realized that, you know, like, my, my childhood was super traumatic, it's true, but I still have the rest of my life to live, you yeah. know? Like, well, my mom, that was the majority of, of her life, you know? That was, like, in her 30s and her 40s and her 50s, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that was a, a big chunk of her life. She has a lot more trauma to get over than I do, you know, because I still have a long life to live to, to make amends with everything that happened. Wow. And so you, oh, I'm getting really personal in this interview. <laughs> no, no. No, that's awesome, though. But I'm, I'm, I'm just like, let me just go back a little bit. So did you get to finish your education? Did you, was you in school while you was working? Technically, okay, so I, it's weird. So, so when I was 15, I was going to um, Chaparral High School in Las Vegas. Okay. And um, I didn't even make it that whole year uh i didn't care about education then i didn't because yeah. again I, I hate to always put on joe witnesses but it's true they just they don't they don't see the benefit as education so much at, at least my experience i can only speak from my experience um but uh they just they don't they they, they want you to become you know uh, um they want you to go work for the watchtower which is in New York, where yes. they publish everything. Yes, yes, you know, right. or they, they, everything they want you to do involves jo- Jehovah. And yeah. so I never really cared about education um, forever. Like, like my entire school year, I never really cared about it because I just assumed, oh, well, this is all going to be gone and we're going to have paradise. So what's the point of learning history? What's the point of learning, you know, <laughs> everything? Yeah, yeah. What's the point? <laughs> and, um, so, so, yeah, so I ended up getting, um, like, a homeschooling degree. So when I was 15, I got kicked out of school. Um, and then I went into – I did a homeschooling program where, uh, yeah, they just basically sent you these – you took you – took, they sent you these booklets, and then you would fill them out, return them, and then you would take a test online. So I actually finished – I technically finished high school in a year. Wow. So I, I had a high school diploma by the time I was – 16. So I guess I should say, like, I, I technically moved out after that. So I guess not 15. I was 16. 16? Sorry. No, no, it's okay. Um, so, yeah. So by the time I was 16, I had a, a little high school diploma printed out from the homeschooling program. Um, and it really wasn't until I was in my, I don't think it wasn't until I had my, my first son when I was 21 that I really started thinking, you know, then I'm thinking of the future. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I hardly know anything. Like, I, I, I have a lot of um, street smarts, right, mm-hmm. at that point. Um, but as far as, like, like I, I'm in, I was intelligent, but as far as, like, knowing things and facts and history, like, I didn't know anything. Um, and, and I realized for my son's sake, I'm like, I really want to start learning information, <laughs> yeah. you know, because he's going to go to school one day, and, and I don't want to look lost, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't, so I've basically been educating myself since, um, since I was like 21. 
And I and thank goodness for podcasts. You know, there's some really wonderful podcasts out there. Yeah. Um, I really love uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. That's probably one of my favorite podcasts. I'm always going on there almost every week, seeing if there's a new one uploaded. And uh, it's so hard because I know he, he puts so much detail into his podcast that it's, yeah. it's always like a three-hour podcast. All of his podcasts are like three hours. All right, so is so, it? But the, a lot of research mm-hmm. go a lot a lot of research goes into like one episode, right? So basically, because he's yeah. talking about history, yeah. Yeah, and he and, and, and he he talks about history in, in such a, a um, pulling way. Like he really pulls you in, you know. Yeah. And and I really think learning history is really important. It really is. It's really important to learn not just American history but world history, and that's why I love his podcast. I know that there's other podcasts that like there's there's a funny one called The Dollop. And I I enjoy that one also. It's like two comedians, and um, they they, it's all American history. So every every week they 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 have a new person um, that that they're talking about that's like somewhere from American history. It's super cool and funny. I really like that one too. But for like world history, I really love um, Dan Carlin, and I and I love listening to um, uh, TED Talk. You know, like NPR. Um, I, I try and get a little bit of everything. I also listen to some conservative stuff. I listen to some liberal stuff, too, because I, I really think that one benefit of growing up a Jehovah Witness is now that I'm not a Jehovah Witness anymore, I don't like being in the collective. Anytime I'm in the majority of, of thinking on, on something, I, I like to know for sure, like, why do I feel this way? Mm-hmm. Do I believe this? Because everyone else is saying it's okay? Or do I believe it because I know that it's true? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I like to think myself as a pretty open-minded individual. Yeah. So, take um, take me back a little so bit. Um, I, <laughs> I was going to say, um, how did you become, because um, we talked about it, but I didn't really get to get involved in it. How did you become a stylist, a hairstylist? Like, how did that come about? Which are other well, jobs? I just, that? I just always, uh, I always uh, was fascinated with the idea of cutting hair. Yeah. And, um... I didn't, like, when I when I found barbering, I wasn't, like, searching for specifically barbering. Like, I was living in New Mexico with my mom. Okay. And um, I was like, you know, I, I think I want to go to school. So I started looking up cosmetology schools, and I found the, uh, the Albuquerque Barber College. And um, I was like, well, that's interesting. So I called them up, and I was like, so do you guys teach hair cutting there? And... and <sighs> And they're like, yes, of course, you know. And I was like, well, what's the difference? You know, what's the difference between cosmetology and, and barbering? And they were like, well, in barbering, you get to learn how to use a straight razor. You get to learn how to shave um, men's faces and beards. And it's more precision haircutting for men. Um, but, like, he told me, and it was so funny the way he said it. He said it like it was like a big downer. He was like, but you won't learn manicuring. Like, you, you know, you, you aren't, we don't do feet at all. We don't do um, hands at all. We don't do nails. And I was like, wow, well, sign me up because I hate feet. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, oh, right. I I, sold. You know, I'm sold. And um, there is barbering is it's 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 great. You know, and I I really believe in in trade schools. You know, Um, if you can learn learn a trade so you're not in huge debt, (laughs) you know, you should definitely do it. And it really has like I made I made a, a good living decent living off of being a barber. I mean, it was hard being a, it is still kind of hard being a female in the barbering industry, yeah. but you, you, you get, you know, you definitely have like a, you, you, you get a thicker um, layer of skin 
being a barber. Yeah. And I really feel like that's that's helped me in life, you know, to learn how to take a joke or or, or if someone takes a joke and, and, and like and you spit one right back at them, you know, like you have that, um, you know, liveliness, I guess. Um, and that, that's really just helped me with life, being able to have a have tougher skin. Mm. Um, yeah. I know, and then, you know, like, so, yeah. being, being a female barber and dealing with a lot of guys, and then, you know, a lot of guys want to, they prefer to go to a guy because they don't think the girl will know how to cut hair. Like, how did mm-hmm. you, how did you earn, like, that respect? Like, someone, somebody, some barber was on vacation, and then, like, they went to you, like, oh, I gotta go to her because he's not there, or you just started yeah, getting clientele. Yeah, I mean, pretty much that, yeah, that, that does happen. I mean, I mean, like, I would say, honestly, not the majority of men are like that anymore. Thank goodness. And, like, and that really shows to me that, you know, times are changing because yeah. especially like the younger generations, they don't care. They yeah. don't care. Like if it's a man or a woman cutting their hair, yeah. um, but you do still get that. Yeah. And I think it's because of, you know, like super cuts and great clips. They just associate women with, with, with bad haircuts. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, great clips. Sorry. Uh, oh, sports sorry, clips. Or fans. sports clips. Too. Sports clips. Yeah. Your $5 coupon haircuts. You're really helping, uh, our field here and barbering. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean like, yeah, there's always going to be, yeah, like, like there were, there, there were some pretty nasty guys and, and even like, just like I think the the more hopeful like like whenever a guy would do that like I find like at first I think when I first started out yeah like I felt like I had to prove to them like oh no watch I can give you a good haircut but if they're already in that mindset if they're in that ignorant mindset there's it doesn't matter how nice of a haircut you give them they're still just not gonna like it mm-hmm. um so I, I began realizing like so if they came in and, and I would say hey you know like hi welcome to the shop how can I help you and they'd say oh oh no you know what I'm gonna wait for him I would just be like okay cool I'm gonna take a break <laughs> You know, like, like it's, it's, it's nothing to me. Like if you want to wait, then that's your, that's your prerogative. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah. So was, I think what was more hurtful is when I, like, uh, I would have customers that would like hit on me, you Ooh. know, like people that I've, that I've cut for a long time. And all of a sudden, I guess the, they just couldn't handle it anymore. And they just had to say something like that's always hurtful because then, you know, that makes me wonder like, okay, are you actually coming to me? Because you, you like the quality of my work or are you here because you just are trying to have sex with me, you know? And like, that's, that's unfortunate. Um, but that's, again, that's why, that's why I'm, I really, I'm kind of done with barbering. I think like, um, I still like it. I'm good at it, but, um, I can't see myself doing it in the future. Like I used to, I see myself being an actress and, that's that's really where my passion lies is I that's what I want to do I want to create stories yeah that's what I want I want to pull audience in and have them feel something have them feel a different experience yeah it's funny how you Um, say that because you had a a steady career in being a stylist and you know barbers make good money depending on your clientele and you know you're paying for your mm -hmm. share you make good money and, you know, it's kind of, you just want to follow your dream. You want to do what you're passionate about and that's acting. And no matter what the cost and no matter the struggles, that's, that's where your goal is headed to, right? Just straight up acting yeah. for a living. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm budgeting. Let me tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on a tight budget right now because, wow. yeah, I mean, it got to the point where I was only going to a barber shop maybe like once a week and um, like I said, I, I, that is basically what I do now. I mean, I, I, 
if anything, I, I just I still do barbering now because the customers that I still have that have supported me, and especially when I started acting, you know, still supporting me. Um, you know, like I feel for them. You know, they'll text me and be like, "My hair is long. My wife's complaining. Please help." <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, "Okay, you know, I'm I'm coming in. I'll I'll help." And I'm so grateful for them. I'm so grateful for their patience and letting everything get super shaggy and long. And you know, because I really appreciate making that that little small money to help me, you know, get by. Um, but yeah, I mean, my focus really is just just acting right now, learn, learning different scenes. Like I'm taking a really great um, class right now um, called the Screen Actor System mm-hmm. um, and just learning more about film acting. And it's so much different than theater acting. It really is. Like in theater acting, you're projecting everything out to the audience, yeah. you know, because you're on stage. And there's such a thrill about that. There's You get addicted to it. You get addicted to the knowing that the, the audience is right there and, and you don't even see them. It's like you really you really do. You put those those four walls up and, and they're not even there anymore. And you're 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 in that moment and you're in you're that person and then you hear that applause and it's just it's just amazing. Like it's it's a great feeling and it's almost like it's alive. And yeah. then when that show's done it's it's gone, you know? And yeah. it's like whoever whoever saw it, they got to see it live and that was it. <laughs> um <laughs> And, and there's something beautiful about that. You know, th- I think that's why theater is still so important. It brings people together and you get to watch, you all, you all get to ex- share this, this living experience. And it's, there's something beautiful about that. But, um, but with film acting, it's the complete opposite. It's, 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 you have to keep everything inside. You, it's stillness. It's capturing all of those emotions inside of you. You pull it in. And, and, and that's more intriguing to the audience, right? Because mm-hmm. like, when you watch a movie and just everything's out there, it, that's bad acting on film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's overacting. That's showing too much. There's no more, why keep watching? You, you already know what's happening. Like, like it gets boring. You have to have that intrigue. You have to pull everything in and keep it there and hold it there. And, um, yeah, it's just completely opposite. You have to, and stillness is so important. Like, I was, um, I just finished this, uh, this independent film that I, I did um, called The Second Coming. Mm-hmm. And it's got a, I forget, my gosh, I feel so embarrassed right now. What is his name? <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he's, a, uh, he's a musician from Five Finger Death Punch. I'm so sorry if you're listening. I'm, I don't know your name. I never actually got to meet you in person. But he's in this film. So people that like Five Finger, Five Finger Death Punch, The Second Coming, look yeah. for it. It's a good movie. Um, but yeah, anyways, let's get back yeah. to it. Uh, so... Uh, I got to uh, do sound one day. Yeah. So, like, I showed up to film, but they were behind. So they asked me, "Hey, will you, will you, will you be on sound?" And I was like, "Absolutely." You know, I've never done anything like that. I've always just done the acting part. So, you know, I got to do sound, and I understand now. Like, I really think actors and they, they, they need, they, they should always try and 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 experience another. You know, be, be a crew member on a film, so you get to see everything else that goes into it. Because that's another thing with film. I mean, the acting is important, but it really actually, I feel like it comes secondary to everything else. You know, you have the, you have the lighting, you have the sound, you have the, the angles, um, all of that, you know, has to be set up first before you can actually go in there and, and play your part. Um, so I think all actors should really, all film actors should really try doing, um, 
a different role on, on, on a film. So I got to do sound, and there was an actor on, on set, and he had this little scarf thing on, and he was in the scene, and he kept, uh, he kept like, um, tapping his hands together, like, with the scarf. Yeah. And he kept, like, you know, like, moving, like, kind of, like, shuffling his feet, you know, from one foot to the other. His weight, you mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, like, weight from one foot to the other. And, like, if I didn't have the sound on my, you know, if I didn't have the earphones on, you couldn't hear any of that as a normal, as just a person. You know, you couldn't hear any of those sounds. But then you put those... You put the sound on for the film, and you're, you're putting on the headphones, and you feel like you have super ears. Like, you can hear everything. You can hear the dog barking down the street. <laughs> you can hear, like, you can hear everything. So those, I could hear, I mean, it sounded like a super loud noise. Every time he tapped his hands together, every every time he shuffled his feet, it just was boom, boom, just super loud. And, like, that helped me understand why, they, why in acting for film, stillness is is so important yeah. and it's harder than we realize you know every time we you know shuffle our feet every time we cross our arms every time we we move something you know it's, it's like a nervous you know tick or you know just a mannerism that you're used to yeah. and you know being a film actor you have to fight those things because you're not supposed to be you yeah. you're someone else and you have to you know really stay in that moment and that stillness so you get a beautiful shot and and so like I said like being on sound that really helped me understand because I really didn't get it before I was like why what's the well what's the big deal about if I want to move my foot or if I want to take a step forward and you know like and then I was on sound and I was like wow like that's why (laughs) you know like and I'm sure same thing if I if I decided one day I would love to be able to be behind the camera to help and I'm sure the same thing goes with that every time you move they have to redirect they have to redirect their lens and focus and it is. It's very challenging being a, a a film actor. You have to have so much emotion, but stillness on film. Yeah. It's really it's really interesting. It makes you. It's it's amazing when you think about you know like old movies how they all did it in just one shot. You know, just one yeah, one still take, shot. Yeah. I was watching um, Gone with the Wind the other day, and it was just such a beautiful movie. Like you could just see like like all that. Some so many shots were just one shot and, and, and also scenes were longer then. You had like four minute scenes, five minute scenes. Now, you know, a scene is only like a minute. You can time it. In every movie a, a scene is no is no longer than one minute. It's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's like it change they change with the time, but I don't know. I think like the classic movies it was more more character driven and more personable. You know, everything else was like secondary. Now everything is just like special effects and CGI and, you know, it's all movements. It's like, all right, you know, next, next. You're right. It's like, it's really short now. Yeah. Well, our attention spans as humans, I mean, God, it's so sad what technology has done to our attention span. <laughs> you know, I think, uh, I don't know what, the, I think for a long time our attention span was like at seven seven seconds or something now yeah. it's at like four seconds i mean that's crazy to think about what technology has done yeah. to our attention span it's true yeah. that's why like i think you see so much for, for for mental health benefits now they tell you that that you should meditate and that's what i do i actually i do meditate because i um i suffer from anxiety for a long time oh, yeah. and meditation yeah and meditation really like that's i started doing yoga for my anxiety and now i do it for because it's just really good for you but um, meditation in particular is so beneficial no. because it helps you realize how long your attention span can be. How long can you stay present? 
and not think about the past and future. Yeah. You, and it's okay if you mess up because you're going to mess up. You're going to, it's not really, it's not even messing up. I shouldn't even call it that. You're going to be meditating and you're trying to stay focused on yourself and you're breathing. And then all of a sudden a thought pops into your head, you know, and you're like, well, that's interesting. I wonder why I thought of that, you know, and you can, and you can observe it, but then you bring it back to your, back to your present again. And real, and, and you'll realize that every time you do that, it takes longer and longer for you to get distracted. Are you are you on like on medication for anxiety or you don't take any medication? No, 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 no. I haven't had to because meditation really helped me. Wow. Yeah, it's because it, it's about breathing and that's what yoga is too. I mean, yoga is more than just stretching. It's 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 being more mindful of your body and what you're doing and and and, and the breaths like. Breathing is is so important when you're doing yoga. Like if you if you're breathing out when you're supposed to be breathing in when you're doing a move, you could totally hurt yourself. Yeah. Like it's 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 all about when you're taking your breaths, and and that's a lot what anxiety is. You know, like at least when I get when I would get anxiety and like panic attacks, it was because I wasn't breathing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was taking like really short breaths without even realizing it, and you're overthinking everything and thinking all these scenarios and then you plunge deeper into that, you know, and you can't get out and, and, and you know, so your breathing is getting worse, shorter and shorter. So meditation helps you learn how to breathe, take those deep breaths and helps you really evaluate, you know, like, and like tell yourself like, okay, like, yeah, like that, you might be thinking that, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. And like, and see, like, it's so funny, you know, I don't know why I just mean she gets gone with the wind again, Scarlett O'Hara. You know, she, one of the famous things she always says is, I can't do anything about that today, so I'll do something about it tomorrow. You know, like, <laughs> like that really, uh, it's true. You know, like, if, if it's something you can't fix right now, why, why worry about something twice? Yeah. You know, like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And then at least, you, you, you know, you can, you can have a, have an idea. You can have a plan, you know, of what you'll do or how you'll respond if that happens. But there's no, there, there's no reason to dwell on it. There's no, there's nothing good that comes from dwelling on something that hasn't even happened yet. It's better to try and stay present and be as positive as you can. And 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 and, and if you like, if you have to be your own cheerleader, if you don't have a lot, of, a lot of people supporting you, then you be that person. You you tell yourself that you can do it, you know. Yeah. And you and you argue with yourself. <laughs> Yeah. No matter how crazy you might feel like you are, you know, you argue with yourself, you know, and say, no, stop that. You know, you can do this or you don't know that's going to happen, you know. All right. Mindy, um, <laughs> how would you describe yourself in terms of attitude and personality and strengths? Oh, my gosh. Um, let's see. Um, I feel like I'm definitely uh, a survivor, yeah. you know, like I don't let things stop me. I try and stay positive. Um, people have told me I, I can be intense. I'm goofy. Yeah. Um, you know, like I like I like dance dances for my moods. Um, <laughs> and um, let's see, people. Uh, I don't know. It's so weird talking about myself. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I'm just like a goofy, lovable. Um, but really, you know, like, like I said, acting with, with acting, I, I take it. I take it very seriously. But, like, I'm having fun at the same time, you know? Like, I, I enjoy every single minute of it, and I just, I'm just so happy to be there on every single project that I do, whether it's, you know, something that's small and, like, independent or, you know, now I'm, get, I'm starting to, to get higher into, 
you know, the next level of, of, of quality movies and stuff. I just always try and I'm just always so grateful. I try and be humble and grateful that I even get the opportunity. Since um, you've begun, you know, doing acting full time, have you ever had that, that what, why, why am I still doing this moment? Hmm. Let me try and think about that. Um, no. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I haven't had that. I mean, and, and I've had situations like let's see. Uh, it's been a long time now, but um, when I was still just doing theater, um, after I finished Shel Silverstein, I um, I auditioned for something else and I got it right away. And I'm like, whoa, that's two for two. That's cool, you know. And um, doing rehearsals and you know, right away though, I could tell that the the director of this they um they had no vision for it. They had no idea what they're doing. Um, we were still like just reading the lines. We hadn't blocked anything yet. Blocked is blocking is when is your movement on stage. That's what blocking is. It's your movement. Um, we still hadn't even done that. And a lot of actors, that's how they memorize better. They memorize with having the blocking. I'm like, luckily I'm not that way. I, I like to read it and then put myself in the character and like what emotions am I feeling? Well, what am I really saying? And like, I'll like put, put like what I'm, what I really am saying, but then like the words are different and that helps me memorize. Um, but for a lot of actors, you do need blocking, um, on state, you know, you have to know what movement you're doing and that helps you remember your lines. So we still hadn't done that. And we only had a month of rehearsal before the show was supposed to start. And, and, and by the third, by the third week, I was still the only actor that was off book. Then again, you know, I wasn't like one of the main actors. So yeah. granted, I didn't have as many lines, but I still was off book and, and the rest of the cast wasn't. And, um, and then the, and the director just kept obsessing over my character and kept saying, you know, I don't like the way you're playing it. And I'm like, okay, like, and, and I kept making all these changes for them and they still weren't happy. And, and so, yeah, like that was frustrating, but still throughout all that frustration, I was still excited to to do the show and 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 then um and then and, and then like three days before opening night and at this point the director told the actors like you're we're gonna have a you're gonna have your books on stage like that's how unprepared everyone was because of the director's choices no one was still off book um so she so they were planning to just have the show and have all of the actors <laughs> be on stage with their books with their playbooks mm -hmm. and 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 still even through that i was still excited to do it and um and then so then two two nights before opening night the director messages pre like texts me and they're like you know what i'm still not happy with your character i'm still not happy with it we need to meet so we can change your character and i was so i said uh okay, well, we only have two days before opening night. I'm going to see you tonight for rehearsal. Can you please, can we just meet then? Because I don't have a lot of extra time to, you know, to, to give you at this point. You know, I was like, yeah. but we'll meet tonight and you can give me whatever notes you need and I'll, I'll try and make that happen for you. I really think she that this, this director was just indecisive. They had no idea what they wanted. And, um, and yeah, and so then she, they texted me back and told me that they fired me. They told they basically dropped me. They said, "Okay, well you're gone. Like we don't, you're not in the show anymore." Two days before opening night. Wow. And uh, I know. And and to make it worse, so then I uh, I I uh, contacted one of the actors I was acting with, really really sweet um, 
talented actress. Um, and she was older and, and, you know, I was kind of helping her because it, again, had nothing to do with the actors at all. The director, you really need to have a good director. Um, the director was so all over the place that, um, my, 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 uh, my lead, you know, in, in that, in that, um, show, you know, she was off book, but she had a hard time understanding what scene was coming up next because she was older, which I mean, I completely understand because we had never, we hadn't actually run the show like completely, like the thing only did it like two times. Mm -hmm. And so I had to, I felt like I had to let her know, you know, so I texted her and said, Hey, you know, um, so-and-so just dropped me from the, from the show. I'm not, I'm not going to be there, um, tonight. You know what I mean? And, um, and so she was in shock. And so then, uh, when she went to uh, rehearsal, you know, and I wasn't there, the director told everyone that I had quit yeah. and that, like, that I had quit. And, you know, that was a pretty dumb move on their part because I had text messages to prove that, in fact, they had fired me, um, which really made me to believe that, again, they were just unprepared. Because if I, here's the thing, if I was really that terrible, right, if I was yeah. really that bad of, like, an actor then she could have just told them that. Hey, you know what? I had to drop Mindy. She was just she was just fucking terrible. She couldn't take direction, and I just can't take it anymore. I'm going to fill in, yeah. you know? But that's not what happened. Instead, she said, oh, you know what? Mindy just Mindy just quit because because she can't do Sunday. She said, I know. I can't believe she's doing this two nights before opening night. But don't worry. I'm going to take the part. And that's what happened. Oh, <laughs> and um, I think, so probably, I mean, because you brought it up, that was probably the most stressful, out and like really doubting myself I, I guess I was I was really doubting myself at that time because it was only my second audition right yeah and and I really started thinking for like a second there I was like well maybe maybe I'm not good at it you know maybe maybe I should stop maybe but but honestly just the so I mean I think everyone's always gonna have that yin and yang but honestly like it didn't stop me you know, like, like, because then I just started thinking, you know, like, wow, well, through all of that stress, like, I was still excited to do it. You know, I mean, I was willing to do it, and I didn't let it stop me, and I just kept going. And like I said, I think I did, I did a, a few more plays after that, and that's when I realized, though, that I was like, well, you know what, Mindy, what's your long game here? Like, what's your goals? And I was like, man, yeah, I want to meet Wes Anderson. I want to meet Quentin Tarantino. I, you know, I want to meet... <laughs> um steven spielberg you know like i want to yeah. meet these people like that's where my real dreams is i want to make movies that make people feel things you know yeah. um and so that's when i just switched to film and it's been nothing but great experiences and even that one you know maybe yeah it wasn't the greatest experience but i still learned something from it you know mm -hmm. and like and that's how i take with every situation every situation i'm learning something yeah, you know how they say experience is always the best teacher. So even though it was a bad experience, you learn something from that. So yeah, absolutely. You know, I really did, and and and, and it's so funny, you know, because I was acting is the first thing I've ever done where I just I haven't given up on it. I don't know if that's just maturity or what, but like it's the one thing in my life that I haven't given up on. Like when I was younger, you know, like I was in um. I was in show choir. That was like the only school activity my mom let me be in for some reason. I couldn't do sports, but I could be in show choir. So, you know, you're, you're, you're singing and dancing. Um, and I loved that. I loved singing. I loved dancing. I still do. Um, but back then, uh, I would, I would be so willing to give up on, on, on things like, uh, one year 
uh, for my dance studio, we uh, every every year we did a big concert at the end of the year, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the this and and every time it would have like a theme. So this last year that I I, I quit dancing after this. Um, this last year the theme was uh, it was the seasons. So they had um, some holidays in there, right? Yeah. They had um, they had Valentine's Day and um, um, St. Patrick's Day and and later like Christmas, I think. And um, and so I was in the in the Christmas one was the big finale, so everyone got to wear these little Santa outfits. And I knew I was about, <laughs> I knew I was like, my mom can never know about this. <laughs> and, and I, and I would hide my costume and it was never a problem because my mom never, my mom never stayed and watched me. I took dance for five years and she never like stayed and like watched me like wow. dance. So I wasn't worried, you know, I was just like, I'll just keep this for my mom. She'll never find out, you know, I'll just, I, and I think I kept, I kept my costume in my backpack. And, um, and then one day, like out of all of these years, you know, one day my mom decides to come to the rehearsal and we're, we're dressed in our Santa costumes and she just, she just barges in the dance studio and starts yelling at me, you know, like, what are you doing? You know, how could you do this? You know, like, you know, you're not supposed to celebrate Christmas. How dare you? How can you do this? I didn't raise you this way, you know, and, and just kind of pulled me out and, and. You know, just pulled me out of the dance studio, just yanked me out of there. I was so embarrassed. And um, so I ended up not doing the finale. And I never, I just quit after that. I did. I just quit because it just seemed so impossible. Oh my you know, God. I was like, well, what's the yeah. point? And, it's, and and I had the same thing happen with, with singing. I was in choir. And we had, uh, they had auditions for uh, singing the Star Spangled Banner for the basketball team. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so I auditioned for it and I got it and I, and I raced home and, and I told my mom like, Hey mom, guess what? I'm going to do the star spangled banner at the basketball game. I, I auditioned for it. And, and right away she was just like, why would you do that? And I was like, well, because it sounds like fun, mom, like I want to. And, and then she was like, well, that's patriotism. We can't do that. You can't do that. Oh my that's God. patriotism. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, you can't do that. So no, you can't do it. And so I quit, I quit choir shortly after that. And I, I, maybe that was just because I was a kid and, and I didn't have, I didn't have anyone there to support me. And so I kind of just gave up on stuff, you know, and I did that all the time. I would just, the moment something became hard, I would just give up, you know? And, um, it wasn't until, yeah, I found acting now as an adult, maybe that's just what it is. It's just maturity and growth and, and understanding that, you know, it's okay to be my own cheerleader. It doesn't, doesn't make me a bad person to to feel good about myself and to love myself and you know to to, to nurture myself you know I used to yeah. think that all those things were bad I used to think that they were selfish and wrong and um now I'm like no these are good things these are good things to have and, and you can keep going and it's okay to have failure in fact you need failure to grow right yep, <laughs> we need failure we need obstacles yeah. and and I just I just keep pushing on I do and and, and even and like when I go to auditions now I'm just excited to audition. I really am. I mean, like, I don't even care about, I mean, of course I care and I hope that I get, receive the part. Right. But I still, I try and keep in the mindset of, yes, I get to go and act for five minutes or, or, you know, one minute, two minutes, you know, like I get to go be someone else for that short period of time. And, 
and you get to meet so many interesting new people. And, um, and, and then I do the audition and then I leave and then I never think about it again. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, I, I, I put it out of my mind and, and then I'm like, Hey, you know, if I, if I get a phone call back and they tell me I'm, they want to uh, see me again, then that's wonderful. If not, then that's okay. At least I had that experience. Yeah. Are you willing to do like any roles? Is there any particular role you wouldn't do? Like, will you show nudity? Would you like always be clothed? Like, is there like, are you willing to do whatever it takes? Well, let's see. That's you know, like uh, no, I, I, I'd like to say that I could do. I think for 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 the right project, I think it would just depend on the right project. You know, okay. depending on what the story is. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think there's any anything I wouldn't do. Okay. I, you know, I really don't. I really don't think there's anything I wouldn't do if it was the right project at the right time. Like I would. I mean, I, I, like think of. Um, oh my gosh, I'm so terrible at names oh my god i'm so sorry no no it's this okay. is who i'm about to talk about um but uh um, okay. from uh uh what's it called oh my gosh i'm like just a game of thrones yes. i'm so sorry yeah, game no, of no. thrones denarius yes. you know wonderful actress amelia gorgeous. clark um, thank you yeah yes. amelia clark like yeah. my gosh can you imagine if she turned it down because yeah. she was nude in the first episode yeah you know so i'm sure you know like for the right project Absolutely, I wouldn't have a problem, and, and good for her. You know, I mean, God, she's so great, and and I and I know she's moving on to other stuff now. Yeah, and um, that's a totally yeah, I mean, yeah that's I'm a totally sure. great example because if any you know if any actress was like prude or did, really didn't want to be in, be known for doing nudity, that's that that role is a, definitely a starring role, and that role took her to roles in Terminator and Star Wars now. So you know, if she didn't yeah. do that. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Who knows what? Cause she, you know, even though she's not a big breakout star in Hollywood like that, she's getting roles. She's she is getting roles. Oh yeah, and and she's worldwide. Yeah. You know, like 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 people love her worldwide. So yeah, like she made the right decision. Yeah, and you're right. Like if she if she decided, oh, I'm just never gonna do nudity, she could have missed a great opportunity. So yeah, like I would definitely say, there's no limit of what I would do if the right project came along. Okay. You know, absolutely. And then, you know, right now, I know you're training right now. How is your body like right now? Because I know you're training for Badass Angels. And how how, how long is your training? You're doing it every couple of days? Every day. Oh, every day? Every day. Wow. Oh, boy, I am sore. (laughs) (laughs) Every morning I wake up and I'm just so sore. I bought a sandbag, a 50-pound sandbag that I keep at home now. And... I do I do squats every day. I'm doing push-ups every day, and even the days that I'm like, okay, like I do need a break, you know, like I still do at least a 30-minute yoga session and wow. stretch out everything. Um, so yeah, there isn't any day that I'm not I'm not doing something. I have my dog, and we're both getting fit, man. <laughs> my little doggie, I love her. She's my dog Luna. She's getting super fit. She was starting to get a little chubby there, and now she's like a super fit little dog again. Um, yeah, because I'll walk her for, like, three miles, which I'm probably going to do after I hang up with you. I'm going to go walk her for three miles, and I'm going to come home, and I'm going to do some squats, and I'm going to do some push-ups. Um, and I also go to the gym. I try and do at least – I do I do um, all my weights first. I do, like, at least 30 minutes of weights, and then I do another 30 minutes of cardio because I, I don't, I don't want to lose my good parts, you know? <laughs> you, can't, you can't just do cardio because then you'll lose everything that you love. you got to do muscle toning too. Yeah. Um, and – and I just found, um, God, I've just been so busy. I haven't had time to think, you know, and on top of that, I'm a mom, right? So like, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, if you saw my house right now, 
It is so scary. Like, I don't even want to get off the phone with you because I know what I have to look forward to when I get into the house. Oh, it's going to be like same here. insane. I have so much cleaning to do. Same here. Dishes everywhere, goodness. clothes in the floor. Trust me, I'm there with you. So, Dude, it's nuts, right? Oh, my gosh. And, like, I finally went to grocery shopping yesterday. We were, like, almost out of everything. <laughs> so, like, but, yeah, like, I'm going to, um, I found this uh, Krav Maga class that I'm going to start I'm taking. I need to call them yeah. and get it set up because yeah, my my character is ex-Israeli, so I want to yeah. learn that style of fighting. I've already yeah. started watching um like their IDF training videos of how um they um their uh, um posture is goes into a lot of their training. They they teach you the posture first. Like from from the videos I've seen anyway. Um it, it really is about like where your feet are, where your balance is before you even hold up the gun. Where, where, are, where is everything? Where, where, how are you aligned? Where are your legs? Where are your feet? Where are your knees? Stuff like that. Where are your arms? Um, so I've been watching a lot of those. Thank goodness for YouTube, right? Yeah. So I've been watching a lot of IDF videos, um, learning about their training, mm -hmm. and yeah, I want to learn their fighting style as well, which is Krav Maga. Yeah. So well, yeah, I don't know if I got to ask you this, but how did you actually get the lead role in Badass Angels? Like, how did that like how did that come about? I don't know if I'm the lead. I don't know. Am I? I don't think so. What? I don't know if I'm the lead. I know I'm one of the leads. One of the leads. Okay. But yeah, I'm, 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 it's. It's an ensemble, I've only though. Read half the script. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge ensemble of actors. Yeah. Um, there's like 65 actors. Um, but I just uh, let's see, how did that happen? Um, through Facebook. Uh, one of my um, one of the friends I added on Facebook. Her name is Ashley Campbell. Yes. I feel so embarrassed because I've never actually met her officially in person yeah. she uh she was one of the judges of the 48 hour film festival and it was here in las vegas and so i saw she was one of the judges so i added her and then she was in um outer payan's last movie the interstellar i want to call it say it's interstellar yeah. wars yeah interstellar wars yes no, inter yeah inter yeah interstellar civil yeah, yeah. wars i believe right so yeah so ashley campbell was in it and so i was friends with her so i started seeing all of the um the stills from it you know all of the pictures you know i just it was i was just gorgeous you know yeah. and like the cinematography and the characters and i just loved it and 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 so i was like i have to you know so i just started liking everything every, everything that was involving that i started liking it and i mean i, I can't remember I, I honestly can't remember if, if i added albert pian or if he added me i can't remember um but uh so anyway so then we were friends on facebook and about, I think this was November of, of last year, so November of 2017, he posted saying that he wanted to do one more film, and it was called Badass Angels, you know? Yeah. And so I, 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 I messaged right away, and I was like, oh my goodness, Albert, like, please, I would love to audition for you. If, I'll, I'll play any part, you know? Like, I love your cinematography. I love your, I love your stories, you know? And, um, and so he like private messaged me and he was like, do you have a, do you have a film reel? And I'm like, well, not yet, you know, cause it's hard when you're doing so many independent stuff, when you're first starting out, it's hard to actually get, um, footage back. Like, Hey, independent filmmakers, if you're listening, please, like, you know, I think actors starting out, it's more than just getting paid. Just please give them that credit, give them that footage, give yeah. them those pictures, you know, don't leave them empty handed, 
you know, because yeah. we're trying to build our resumes here. Um, so I didn't have a film reel at that time. I'm still, I still don't have a film reel, sadly. Like I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting footage now from from people, yeah. and I'm able to collaborate and make footage. Um, like I definitely have a horror film reel already, but I really, I want to do more than horror. You know, I want to, I want to branch out and do everything. Um, yeah. But uh, so yeah, so I was able to send. Um, Thank goodness for like my, my, my friend Nicholas Grant. He does Graveyard Cinemas, and you can find our short films on his YouTube page at Graveyard Cinemas called The Session. And um, it was The Session, and it was uh, um, um, Inner Beauty. That's what it is. Inner Beauty. Inner Beauty. Okay. Those, so those are those two short horror films. Um, very low budget, just you guys. Very, very low budget. But I was able to send Albert Payan those. You know, yeah. I, was like, I was like, this is the only footage I have. Yeah. I'm like, unfortunately, I've done all this stuff, but here's actual physical footage I can show you. And so I sent that to him, and he kind of just gave me a thumbs up, right? And that was it. <laughs> and I was like, that was uh, that was months and months and months ago. Yeah. And I was just kind of being hopeful, you know, just have stayed hopeful and you know paid attention to all of his posts and and liking his stuff and commenting and. And next thing I know, you know, like it was, I, I had doubts all the way until he posted the cast list on Facebook. Yeah. So like, so it was from November until, what was that? Just like a month ago. Yeah. Like I, I, I had hopes upon hopes that like I would be cast in it, but I knew, you know, like there's so many talented people out there, yeah. you know? So there's always that chance that. You know, you just don't have it, or you don't have the look that they're looking for. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, I was just so, I could have cried when he posted that yeah, and, and, and said, you know, Mindy, Mindy Gilgerson, I saw my name, Mindy Gilgerson's playing Raphael, the angel, and I was like, oh, my God, like, it's happening. And I am, I'm so grateful to him and humbled by him for, for, for allowing me to, to be in this project. And I really feel like I was, like, meant to play um, Raphael, I'm really, really excited. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, coming from the Second Coming, Inner Beauty, and uh, was it Amadala Warrior? Now, now onto Badass Angels is like, you know, it's just yeah. up, 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 and up. You know, up, up and away. Up, up and up. <laughs> That's right. Just, just being patient, trying to stay humble. You know, trying to realize that. I mean, you really do. You got to be grateful for every moment because there really are. There's so many beautiful, talented actors out there that have so much to bring to the table, you know? So every time that you're casting something, you really should, you should be humbled and grateful for it because you can be replaced. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to have a good attitude. You got to be, um, positive. You, 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 you have to go above and beyond, you know? And if you don't like doing that, maybe it's not meant for you, you know? If it doesn't, if it doesn't call to your soul the way, I mean, every time I'm done with something, I'm like, oh my God, I need to do something else. And I feel so bad for my son right now, my son Jonah, because, you know, like I said, he was just in the film Art of the Dead, and they just wrapped him, and he's, I I could see it right away, like, the next day he woke up, and he was kind of, like, you know, dragging his feet throughout the house, and all (laughs) sad, and I'm just like, are you okay? And he's like, uh... I'm just, I'm just sad that we're wrapped. <laughs> and I was like, oh, honey, I know. I know exactly how that feels. So he definitely has the acting bug, man. Like, he's super passionate about it. I'm so proud of him. Like, I was so scared at first because I couldn't believe it, you know? Like, we went to audition for this for this, for this, this SAG film, you know? It was his first, his first acting experience, his first 
audition and he got it and I'm like oh my god honey like you're getting a Screen Actors Guild credit and you're getting paid like you're doing better than mama and I was so worried because you know he's eight years old so I was like oh my god what if this is this isn't some like little independent film you know if he he's really got to perform and he has to you know he's got to bring it and I was scared I was like god is he just doing this because I'm doing it or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, kids, they want to be like their parents. So I was like, oh, my God, like, does he really want to do this or is he just doing this for me? But then we got we, we got on location that first day of filming and he just took off and didn't even say bye to me. He just started hanging out with the cast and crew and director and God, like hours upon hours and he, no complaints, no, no whining, no anything. He just absolutely loved it. And I was like, wow, yeah, like, he really does. Like, he, he loves this for himself. And I was so proud of him and so happy for him that he has found something that he really enjoys for himself. You know, and, and it's so wonderful that it's something that both him and I can experience together, yeah. you know, that we both have a passion for. And it's, I feel really blessed right now. I really do. I feel so blessed. I, like you said, I feel like it's just going to keep going up and up from here. Yeah. And I'm so excited for the ride. All right. It's um, great. It's been a crazy life, man. It's still going. <laughs> um, Mindy, um, what is your personal motto? What's my personal motto? Yeah, yeah. You know, some people's like go hard or go home, or you know, um, ain't nothing to it but to do it. Do you have like a personal motto you live by, like your favorite quote or something? Mm -hmm. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah. That's gotta be mine with anything. Don't give up. Don't stop trying. Yeah. You know, uh, and it's okay to fall. All right. <laughs> it's okay to fall. Just get back up. Um, do you have um, any regrets? No. No regrets? I, you know what? I, no. And, and like, I, I've gone through all of that, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I've, absolutely, you know? Like, oh, I don't want to go. I have so many skeletons in my closet. I've, I've, I've made some really, really bad choices in my young, my young life, you know? Yeah. Um, I have. But... I think about it now, and if, if all those things hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't be the strong person I am today yeah. if it wasn't for all those things happening. Yeah. So, no, I can't. I, I don't regret anything because, I mean, if anything, I regret. No, but see, I don't know. Like, I know I was kind of a, I was kind of a bully when I was younger in fifth grade and okay. sixth grade. Well, you have to understand, yeah, I was, I was again, like, I, my mom had just my mom didn't even leave him i think i told you so my first yeah. stepfather he 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 beat the shit out of me for nine years mom. and then he and then he finally left my mom like my mom never even had the courage to leave him so i had a lot i was hurting so much during those years and i and i'm sure i lashed out at at, at peers and teachers you know i was definitely a a, a mean kid i was i had a, i was hurting a lot you know yeah. Like, I, I had a lot of pain, and I guess, like, yeah, sometimes I think of, I, I do think about that sometimes, and I'm like, you know, I wish I could reach out to some of the people I knew that I hurt, you know, like, people that I was mean to in school. Yeah. Um, and I have, I've been able to contact some people, but, um, but at least I'm able to, I, under, I understand why I was like that now, though. Yeah. You know? And it was nothing, anything huge, like, I never beat anybody up, or... Or anything like that. I was just kind of mean in general, you know. Like I couldn't. I, like I said, it's hard when you you're told you can't have friends outside your religion. So what's the point of even trying to make friends? No. You know, like it's not like I could I could bring people over that were outside my religion. Yeah. Um, I remember one 
I remember there, specifically there was this, uh, there was this, so in sixth grade, I was in a publications yeah. as my elective, which is the newspaper. Uh-huh. And uh, Jonathan, if you're listening, um, I don't remember what his last name was, but he he was the photographer for the newspaper. And, you know, like we would see each other in the hallways a lot because I would be going to different classrooms to take, um, you know, like questions to try and get a, like an overall um, feeling of like how the kids at the school felt about certain issues, you know, like what kind of pizza do you like? You know, like, like just like yeah. basic, you know, like kid, you know, stuff. You know, like, well, what kind of, uh, what kind of dance would you like to have? What, you know, like stuff like that. And so I would run him, I would run to him in the hallways. And yeah, so we're like 11, 12 years old. And, um, and he would like say, he'd be, he'd be taking pictures and stuff. And he was always like super nice to me and he would walk with me in the hallways and so super, super nice kid. Anyway, I remember it was the day after, my mom came back and said she was married, right, from going grocery shopping. Yeah. And I had to go to school the next day, and I was just feeling horrible and lonely and, you know, lost and, and betrayed, you know, like I couldn't believe my mom lied to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and I was walking home, because I always walked home, and Jonathan, I don't know why, like maybe he could sense something that was wrong, and I, and I realized now I think he was just trying to help, you know, but he was just walking with me. And like, I kept telling him to go away and he just wouldn't, he would just keep, he just kept there. And, and finally he like, he stopped and he was like, I really like you. Wow. And I think I just turned around and just said, fuck you. I hate you. And I just kept walking. Wow. And, um, and yeah, yeah. And he never talked to me ever again after that, you know, Yeah. like moments like that. Like I, if any, if, if anything, I, I, yeah, I do regret if I hurt anybody. You know, yeah. I do. If I hurt anybody's feelings because of my pain and anger, I'm I deeply apologize for that. And and I still I've I've never found him again. Wow. Like I've never I've never seen him again. Because if 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 he if I could, I would tell him like how sorry I am that I reacted that way when he was just trying to be vulnerable and and sweet to me. And I just I I didn't I couldn't be vulnerable then. Yeah. You know, I couldn't be vulnerable for many, many years. In fact, it wasn't until I started acting that I realized how not vulnerable I was. I don't know if you're familiar with um, Meisner technique, but Meisner is, um, there's so many, Meisner is like one of the big foundations of, of acting. And um, we were doing this um, exercise where you sit across from an actor and you are just... You, you notice something about them, right? It can be anything. So in this situation, I said, you're wearing pink pants. Yeah. And then they would repeat, you're wearing pink pants. And that's all we're saying is you're wearing pink pants. But you're having to look at each other in the eyes the entire time. And not even a minute in, and I was crying. Wow. Saying, I, saying, you're wearing pink pants. <laughs> like, wow. but just like crying, crying and crying and crying. And, and, and I realized, like, my God, like, yeah, I've never, I haven't been able to be vulnerable this whole time. When's the last time I cried about something, wow. you know? And uh, and so acting has really helped heal me with that, too, and realizing that I can be vulnerable, and I, I can show my feelings, and it's okay to hurt, it's okay to love, it's okay to be sad, you know? Mm-hmm. Can you use those tools in your in, in your acting experience? And, um, yeah, 
So yeah. Possibly. And Mindy, um, um, I was going to say my final question for you is what would the Mindy of today tell the Mindy of yesterday? You mean like literally yesterday? Or not, like... not yesterday, like when you was 15. Yourself now telling your 15-year-old self who was going through all those struggles. What would you tell yourself? Um, I would tell her that she is beautiful and that she is smart and she is funny um, and that she is a hard worker. But she needs to stop being so hard on herself and she really needs to start loving herself. And... Yeah understanding that that's hard to do when you've gone most of your life without that and not being not being taught to have those tools like so many people out there really I mean I'm not special here that happens to a lot of people a lot of people love children aren't raised to love your love themselves you know in a healthy way Um, and it's really important you have to have Mm self-love to be able to, to show love to other people and yeah, I think that's what I would say. Yeah. And that, and that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, anything else you'd like to add? Um, just thank you. Thank you for having me on your on your podcast. And thank you, everyone that's listening. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mindy Gelkerson. Um, pro- promote your social media. Promote um, your Instagram page, Facebook, Twitter, you know, any media you have. Um, I'm still, <laughs> I am on Facebook, but, uh, I kind of have it private. Um, everything's <laughs> kind of private now. I know if anybody, I guess, like, if, if anybody, any, any, any solid talent agencies or, uh, social media people want to help me, um, give me some tips, I'm more than willing to help. I'm trying to, I'm trying to juggle everything right now. I'm trying to juggle being a mom and keeping it, uh, and a wife and trying to, Keep my house clean and, and, and learning <laughs> acting techniques and and yeah. looking at audition notices. Yeah. I'm you know I'm yeah. trying here, yeah. but yeah, I think I'm gonna uh, maybe you know you've inspired me. I think after after our talk, I'm gonna go and um and and and, and set up a, another Facebook profile that's more you know just for yeah. acting and that anybody can add, right? Yeah, that's something that's that's to the public i really need to get on that i do <laughs> i'm kind of i'm just been i'm kind of like the tortoise right now yeah. you do, know? You, do you have any reels on youtube like if somebody wants to search your name on youtube you have anything people can see there um nothing solid yet like like tonight i will soon tonight um i'm going to class and we're filming acting reels and slates and then i'm gonna um i then from there, I'm going, yeah, I guess in the future, in the near future, look for me on Actors Access because okay. that's, I'm, I'm going to create a profile on there. I know that's a good, that's a good solid uh, acting website to see audition notices. Mm-hmm. Um, and my goodness, uh, you can, you can always reach me at Mindy Gilkerson, the number 11 at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. That's my email address, Mindy yeah. Gilkerson 11 at gmail.com. <laughs> Uh-huh. So if you're interested in me, um, send me a message. Or if you have any advice, you know, send me that way. Or, or private message me on Facebook. Look for look for Mindy Gilkerson Facebook. Cause I'm gonna add it. I promise. <laughs> and make sure you're not a solicitor or a, a, a Russian hotbot. Make sure you don't message yes. her. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know, right? They're all over the place. All yeah. over the place. <laughs> Thank Even you. on the phone, you 
know? Like, it's so funny. Like, like, like earlier today, uh, like, I answered the phone, and you always know, right? Because you're like, hello? Yeah. Hello? And, like, there's still nothing there, and all of a sudden, hi, my name is John. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're a robot. Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to sell me something. Exactly. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Lindsay. I appreciate the conversation. Oh, thank you, too. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yep, and I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks. <laughs>